Thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word here at King City Church. Currently we are in a series Hope Happening. We hope that this series will be a blessing to you and your family. You know, we have been uh, part of this series called Hope Has a Name and the name is Jesus. And we have been looking at this series and the first week we saw that Jesus was a friend but still he was betrayed. Jesus went through betrayal and we looked at the two characters who betrayed Jesus and how one responded differently from the other. The second week we saw that Jesus was an innocent in was innocent but yet he was punished. He took our place. He 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 was absolutely pure blemish uh, less and nothing that was there in his life that we could look at and say oh you are a sinful man there's nothing about Jesus that we can point out and say that you are sinful he was so pure you know he's innocent but yet he was punished the reason is he took my place he took your place this morning as still part of the same series i want to talk to you on this title Jesus the lord and king everybody shout jesus the lord and king amen you know zechariah 99 is the most um relevant passage to go to especially on a passion sunday where the prophecy about jesus coming as a king on a colt happens and the prophecy says in zechariah 99 it says rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout aloud O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you now that is the greatest news that we have is behold your king is coming to you you know i don't know how many of you have experienced living in a, in a kingdom we are living in a democracy okay sort of uh, <laughs> and uh, we would not have experienced uh, you know a kingdom lifestyle if is there anybody who worked in middle east um uh, in in saudi if you've been to saudi arabia you've i think you've interacted with some kings right as part of your uh, uh, business that you travel and uh, everything is done for the wi- for the wish and the desire of one man that's the king the king decides everything the king decides on the vision of the entire nation everything raises and falls based on whatever the king decides they don't vote for a king the king is not voted in to be a king he is the king he's a king because it's his kingdom he rules and he reigns and he has absolute authority over that country he can intervene anytime anywhere you can't protest in a kingdom did you know that you can you can have strike and protest in democracy you can't try that in saudi arabia what will happen you will be a kebab <laughs> you'll be served like a platter <laughs> you can't try those things in a kingdom the problem is many of us try to live 
a democracy lifestyle in a kingdom world many of us try to approach god in in god's kingdom there is no democracy there's only theocracy theo means god theocracy is god driven king driven that means that we all submit to the kingdom of the lord the rule of our god and the thing is that the beautiful thing is that he is different from other kings he is not the king who who just you know lets you die and and suffer he's the king who took your place and my place and he suffered for us no king has ever done that he is not a king who says i am the king you just bow down and worship me he is the only king who comes to everybody in his kingdom and says you are my son you are my daughter and has a fatherly relationship with everybody now that is god's kingdom behold your king is coming to you behold jesus the king is coming to you i don't know how many of us truly understand the kingship of our lord jesus and this morning we want to unpack a little bit john 12 13 the verse will come on the screen you can follow that it says so they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him crying out hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord even the king of israel palm branch like we said was a symbol of victory a symbol of triumph a symbol of peace a symbol of eternal life yet when those people used the you know that symbolism it was quite ironical and contradictory because the following events was not about life it was about the death of jesus it was not victory in the eyes of men it was actually defeat in the eyes of men jesus was jesus was about to be taken and crucified you know he was he, he was about to be beaten so in in people's eyes those who were shouting hosanna to the king will also soon shout crucify him jesus already knew that and it was quite a contradictory statement that was happening if you read through the gospel of john you will realize that all these events kind of happens right after the resurrection of lazarus then after that jesus and lazarus they were trying to plot to kill jesus they were trying to plot um uh, you know uh, to kill lazarus as well they didn't want jesus and the name of jesus to spread around they didn't want the good news of jesus to spread around they thought that jesus is getting too famous so they wanted jesus to be out of the picture and it was in that peak time while they were looking for jesus and plotting to kill him jesus comes riding on a donkey he's not hiding behind hills he's not inside a cave and people are singing hosanna 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 to the king of israel you see the kingship of the kingship of jesus was evident throughout the scriptures from the beginning you know jesus demonstrated that he was a king over nature he was a king over demons 
He was king over sickness. He was king over death. Right? He was king over all. In John 18, 36 and 37, we read that Jesus answered, and this is happening when he was standing in front of Pilate, and, and the Pilate is asking him the first question, first conversation that Pilate is having with Jesus, and the first question he's asking him is, are you the king of the Jews? And this is what Jesus is replying, he's saying, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king. But Jesus understood what he means and what it means in God's kingdom is totally different. So Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. People thought that even Herod, when Maggie came to visit um, Jesus, they were saying, where is the king of the Jews who was born? Even they identified him as king. King Herod thought, Who can, how can I have another king in my dynasty? That cannot happen. So he wanted to kill him. So the kingship of Jesus was there from the beginning. If there is a king, and if Jesus is a king, he needs to have a throne, right? Yes? Yes? Does Jesus have a throne? If he does, where is the throne of Jesus? Everybody is like, okay Google. okay Google, can you tell me where the throne of Jesus is? My phone is actually turning it on. If Jesus is the king, he needs to have a kingdom. If he's the king, there's supposed to be a throne. John 1, 8, 9, it says, how do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus is asked, having this encounter with Nathaniel. And Nathaniel is meeting Jesus for the first time. And while he's walking to Jesus, Jesus kind of speaks to him. Tells him his identity. Calls him out who he is. So Nathaniel is surprised. How do you know about me? And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Even Nathaniel, who did not believe in Jesus first, a Jew claiming that he is the king of Israel. This is the fact. You can either accept Jesus as your king, or you can either reject him as your king, but you simply cannot ignore him you cannot simply ignore him the question that i have for all of us this morning both in person and online is jesus the king of your life 
Is Jesus the king of your life? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, is Jesus the king of your life? Is he the king of your life? You can either accept him as your king or you can reject him as your king, but you cannot ignore him. The reason you cannot ignore him is simply because that his rule and reign is happening in all of our lives today, whether you like it or not. He's at work. Having Jesus as your king means that you are called to live a victorious life. You are called to live a set-apart life. You are called to win in everything that God has called you to do. If Jesus is the king of your life. But what does it look like if Jesus is truly the king of your life? How many of you have been to um, any palace? Have you visited any palace? Right? Okay, which palace did you visit? Mysore Palace. Great Prithvi. Mysore, Mysore, Mysore. Everybody Mysore? Rani, Ranipur in Madhya Pradesh. Great. Any other palaces? You haven't been to Bishop Eber? It's the greatest palace in, in Trichy. Okay. Lalit Mahal, who said that? Okay, great. There's a palace in Trivandrum? Oh, great, Padmanab. In Rwanda, wow, amazing, he's from Rwanda, great. Padmanab, the Buddha Palace, okay. Have you ever, when you are walking through this beautiful palace, stopped for a minute and wondered, won't it be nice for this to be my house? Don't you lie to me that you never thought that for a minute. Ah, oh, so nice. Won't it be nice if the king just walked in right now and we can say hi to him? Have you ever? Only me? Oh, thank you, auntie. There's two people. Everybody? Oh, great. We all wondered that, right? When you, when you walk through these beautiful arches and this amazing grandeur of a palace... We all thought that. Now, we are actually living in God's kingdom, but you don't feel that you're living in God's kingdom because you look at your house. You look at the material things that you have, and you don't feel like, wow, my ceiling that is leaking, how glorious. <laughs> Wow, my mirrors that are broken, how amazing. We don't feel that way. But we are actually in God's kingdom. You know how you would feel if you're in, you know, Mysore Palace and the king all of a sudden just walks out and says, Hey, Prithvi, I'm a fan. You know that feeling you would have, whoa, the king knows me? He even know my name. He called my name. And Prithvi would be putting it all out there for the world to know. Selfie. That, that will get us excited. Can you just imagine 
the king of kings and the lord of lords who is king over all both earthly kingdoms and heavenly kingdoms actually knows you by your name actually has allowed you to live in his kingdom and has given rule and an authority for you to claim whatever that is part of his kingdom and you don't live in his kingdom as a servant or as a slave you live in his kingdom as you are his sons and daughters i tell you the truth when i visited buckingham palace for the first time in london i did not say wow because it was smaller than mysore palace i was like ah is that it that's all but then the tradition and the and, and you know actually there is a there is a majesty her majesty that's in in mysore palace we don't have any majesties that we can go and speak so her majesty is actually in there and for a moment i thought like ah wouldn't it be nice to just sit down for a cup of tea with her talk to her about jesus maybe or have some conversation what if she actually said like oh um you know sam you are welcome to come here anytime you know if you ever want to hang out just just come in just tell the guards you can just walk in anytime the kind of authority you would have the kind of feeling you would have and this is this is an earthly queen who has an expiry date this is an earthly queen whose authority is actually limited to the earth but then the holy spirit reminded me at that moment in time but you have a king of kings who has unlimited access and authority on earth as well as in heaven that's the king we cheer for that's the king we worship that's the king we have on our side that's the king we are praying to so what kind of life are we living what kind of faith do we have if that is our king we don't walk with our heads bowed down no matter what happens in life we always keep our chin up because the king is on my side somebody say amen the king is on your side you know the king you know the king of kings and the lord of lords and you are called to live a victorious life john 2028 it says thomas exclaimed my lord my god when he saw jesus after he was risen he doubted that jesus was there and jesus appeared in the room called for thomas and said come feel my wound put your finger through the hole in my palm and then thomas believed he after he believed he said my lord my god jesus is the king over your life and jesus is also the lord over your life you cannot enjoy the kingship of jesus until you accept jesus as the lord of your life 
accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life gives Jesus the right to rule in your life and to intervene into your life. Romans 14, 7 and 8, it says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to the honor of the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. How many of you feel that you belong to God? That you belong to Lord? The Lordship of Jesus, it gives you a strong foundation. When Jesus is the Lord of your life, Luke 6, 46, it says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? This is what Jesus is looking at the disciples and the other people and he's saying, If you call me Lord, if you call me Lord, and if you worship me, then why are you not doing what I am calling you to do? Why are you not doing what I have told you to do? If you accept Jesus as God, and if you have not accepted him as the Lord of your life, then what happens is that you just know that he is the king of your life, but you don't experience his kingship. You don't experience his kingdom. Because Jesus can't intervene into your life unless you accept him as the Lord of your life. How can I accept him as the Lord of my life? When you completely surrender, when you completely submit to him in every area of your life. When you don't accept Jesus as the Lord of your life, what happens is that you are using Jesus like a buffet lunch. How many of you have you know, enjoyed buffet? Especially when in a wedding when it's a buffet, it's like, ah, buffet, ah, okay, okay. It's good, we can, we can take as much as we want. There's no limits, right? So you walk through, you take the starters a little bit. Oh, this one I don't like, I want to skip. Oh, this one I like, I'll have more. I want to see if there's anybody else, I'll take more. Then you pass through, then, then you go away, you enjoy it. And then you again come back to the buffet. Many people accept Jesus as the king over their life. They're like, yes, he's my God. But truly in their life, he's not the Lord of your life. You are not experiencing God's intervention in your life. You are not experiencing God's involvement in your life. You are not seeing God in your day-to-day -day life. You are claiming that he is your God. But you don't have an encounter with him every day in your life. The reason being, he's just a buffet menu. A little bit of prayer, a little bit of worship, a little bit of salvation, a little bit of grace whenever I sin. Then I go away, I sin more, and then I come back for more grace. But when Jesus is the Lord over your life, the banquet is yours. Everything that is in him is for you. Your life, every area of your life is totally surrendered to him. When you totally surrender every area of your life, you will see God intervening in your life automatically. Automatically. Not the way you want it to be, but the way he planned it for you. And you learn to trust him. You learn to serve him. You learn to be faithful because he's the Lord over 
your life. Everybody put your hands up and say, Lord, come and have your way in me. I surrender my life to your lordship and to your kingship. In Jesus' name. Amen. Romans 10.9 it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This verse is not just about salvation. This verse, you cannot limit it just for a conversion experience. This is a transformation experience. And this has to be done every day in your life. Every day, we all have a call to openly declare that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Wherever you are at, at your workplace, at your home, as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as children, as young people, you are called to declare that Jesus is your Lord. You are under His authority. And the second thing that we are called to do is, you're called to believe in your heart. Declare and believe every day. Every day. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is the intervention of Jesus in your life, in time and in space. Have you ever heard this phrase, somebody telling you, I need some time. Yeah? I need my space. Can you just leave me alone for some time? Everybody's like, uh-huh. We've used these words. But if Jesus is the Lord of your life, He automatically intervenes into your time and into your space. Which means that you cannot go to God and say, God, hold up. Listen, I need some time, okay? God, I need some space. I need to figure this out on my own. I need, to, I need to pray about this. God is like, who are you praying to? <laughs> God, just, just take a step back. I, let me pray and come. <laughs> I know you're calling me into a great purpose. I know there is your word. I know this is, this is something that I need to do. But Lord, can you stop being Lord over my life for some time? Don't intervene into my time and space. This is just too scary. And God is saying, you can have all the time you want because the time is mine. You can go to any space you want, but you can't run out of my presence. He's the omnipotent, omnipresent God. He rules and reigns over all. In other words, He's saying, Let's figure this out together. You don't need time out from God. You want more. You want time in with God. That's why we're calling out as a church to pray for 21 days, to seek Him for 21 days. And it's just a starter for us to go into this deep relationship with Jesus. Your declaration of the Lordship starts in your life when you took baptism. Baptism is your spiritual wedding ring right it's your spiritual wedding ring you're saying i am attached to god i am with jesus 
There is no other name. There is no other faith but only Jesus. And you're declaring that publicly. You're making that choice publicly. When you deny the Lordship of Jesus, you're also denying His intervention in your life. So every time you feel, why is not God doing something? Why is not God intervening into this? Ask yourself this question. Have you allowed Him to? Yes, God needs your permission. Because He will never force Himself on you. He's given you a strong will and your choice for you to choose and say, Lord, I submit to your lordship, to your kingship. You can be religious and still deny the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can do all the religious things but still not allow Jesus to be the Lord and King of your life. Let Jesus have the final say. Submitting to His kingship, submitting to His lordship brings heaven to earth. I asked you a question in the beginning. Where is the throne of Jesus? Did you, did you figure out? It's in my heart. It's in my heart. The throne of Jesus. Jesus knew what he was answering to Pilate that day. My kingdom is not of this world. It's not you think the way it is. I don't need to have a physical palace. I don't need to have a physical throne. Because one day, Sam is going to be my throne. Mugisha is going to be my throne. Reno is going to be my throne. Jamie is going to be my throne. Francis is going to be my throne. Is God enthroned in your heart? Is God enthroned in your heart? We can celebrate Palm Sunday you can take a palm and go home and burn it for Ash Wednesday next year. You can do all that. If Jesus is not the throne in your heart, if he is not enthroned in your life, anything that you do is just a religious tradition and not a relationship with Jesus. Everybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Every religion has religious activities. They all have spiritual stuff going on. But what is the difference that you and I have? Is that we have the throne of the living God in us. That's why the psalmist beautifully says, He is enthroned in the praises of His people. When you praise Him, you're, you're actually elevating the throne of God. That is why people, for some people it doesn't make sense that why we shout and scream. Because every time I shout and scream and I praise Him at my highest, it's like I am actually lifting the throne of God to its highest. Have you all played that game where you put maximum amount of energy and hit this hammer and this thing goes all the way up and gets you the points? It's a bit like that. When you elevate your praise... The higher the throne goes. But then it's not just with your mouth, not just with your words, but it's actually with your lifestyle. With the choices that you make. Allowing Jesus to be the King and the Lord over your life every day. 
If you allow him to be the king and the Lord over your life every day, then every day is Hosanna day for you. Every day is celebration time for you. Because he rules and he reigns over your life and he will intervene. There was a young boy, a tribal boy in the jungle. He lived in the jungle and one day he was attacked by a lion. A local missionary who lived in that jungle quickly came with his rifle and killed the lion. He shot it dead. Then a few weeks later, the young boy came with all his belongings and his, all, you know, his entire family members. They all came to the missionary's house. So the missionary asked, why are you here? What are you doing? So he said, I am here to serve you for the rest of my life. The missionary laughed and said, listen, just because I saved your life doesn't mean that you need to come with all your belongings and every member of your family and come and serve me for the rest of my life. You don't have to do that. This young boy looked at him and said, missionary, you don't understand. You don't understand the law of this jungle. The law of the jungle says, if someone saved you, you serve them for the rest of your life, no matter what. And this is the law of submission. This is the law of kingship. Jesus did not just save us from a lion or a threat. He saved us from eternal death. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? He served and he saved us from eternal death. Which means that you and I now have eternal life. This is not the law of the jungle. This is simply the law of grace. The grace of God. That came looking for us. That saved us from eternal banishment in hell. And took us into eternal life. When he comes back, you and I, we can claim eternal life because we have the banner of Jesus. We are saved by his name. Don't you think, don't you think that he deserves your full attention and your full submission? Don't you think he deserves that? If you like to support our ministry financially, you can also by giving an offering at www.kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with a brand new sermon. God bless.